And you can't comb your hair on the camera. You know why? <laughs> it's the wrong way. Because your hands go backwards. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Welcome. To another episode. Of Driving to the Riz. With your favorite <clears throat> hosts. Larry and... Emilia. Yep, that's us. That's us. And this is the, well, you know, first uh, first half hour or so. Yeah. Try to keep it short and sweet, right? And our topic is our newsletter. Mm-hmm. I say our, but you wrote it. But I was part of, like, writing it because I brought you breakfast. Yeah, yes, you did. Yeah. Yep. It's very nice you know, breakfast, by the way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you're new to this podcast, we do have a second hour. We do. This where is, we explore it way more, every topic that we talk about. Yes. And uh, Ilya and Adelina yeah. are amazing at finding those expansions and questions and being really open and full of transparency so everyone can really relate to some part of this discussion. Right. They bring it back to the real world, basically. They, yeah, yeah, in a way, it feels like, you know, when I read the article that you write, I get like, oh, those are good. That's cool. That's interesting. I wonder about that or I wonder about this. And I wish I could, you know, almost ask you a question while I'm reading it, which I can, mm-hmm. which kind of. Sometimes you do. Sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's just like a singular act of me reading it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's probably how most people will get get it if they get the newsletter right mm-hmm. and you can get the newsletter at substack right yes substack dot com. that's how it is right or just go to substack and type in elia in the search and you'll yeah. find you'll find it then the you get newsletter. the newsletter it's free mm-hmm. you read it enjoy it mm-hmm. and if you uh like what you read listen to the podcast and we'll yes. talk about it yes. and elia and i like we're doing right now yep and, and uh, then you can go to subscribestar.com, That's find right. my name there. Yes, indeed. And get the second part of the podcast that goes really into depth, but also goes into all the stuff that we would be banned from a lot of the media outlets about talking about, you know? Yeah, you, the and pesky things. Mm-hmm. So the uncensored and in-depth explorations. Of that topic of that's topic. in our newsletter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so I think it adds a lot to it. It makes it instead of just reading it, like mm-hmm. I, I'll just read it and I'll sort of like intellectually, it's very nourishing. It. I think it's nourishing. As well. Yeah. Then when but we talk about it now, it's like taking into practicality. We take our personal journey stories and maybe uh, our experiences of what we're writing. Yeah. And then when you add in the second hour, which is sometimes two hours, <laughs> sometimes. sometimes an hour and a half, sometimes forty Half-an minutes, <laughs> but it's longer. Yes. You'll get. Like a community group understanding, thinking of it. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. add more, add more, add, add more. more. Expansion of awareness. Mm-hmm. Right. And then obviously, well, not obviously, but probably you might figure out if you're at Subscribestar and you're um, a part of that community. This is to the second hour. Mm-hmm. There's a Telegram chat. Yes. There's after parties. Yes. An after party after each podcast, you know, we go like have the podcast comes out on Wednesday and then on Friday. That's what we're doing. We all get together and chat about our experience as a bigger group even Mm -hmm. with that same thing. So I think it's an interesting way to experience explore this simple little newsletter, page and a half or so. Mm -hmm. Expanded, 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 expanded. It's just like how we want it in in bring it in. Yes. Anyway, that's that's our um that's a word from our sponsor. 
Yes. Which is you. You. <laughs> <laughs> of um, course, subscribe uh-huh. star when you subscribe to the second hour also supports our work, you know, because like everybody else, we need to, we choose to eat food. <laughs> and uh, we have seven dogs. We have seven dogs and we choose to have seven dogs and feed them. <laughs> 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 and we have two cats, and we choose to feed them too. And we have twenty chickens, and we feed, we choose to feed them as well. Although and they, they choose give to us feed eggs. us also. Yeah, they give us eggs. Speaking of which, gotta tell me the story this morning. This morning, it's actually related a little bit with the it I mean, is. a lot actually yes, with yes. today's and um, the newsletter and the podcast today. Our connection mm-hmm. with London Homes. Totally, it was a connection <clears throat> this morning. Yes, yeah, a deep connection. So Larry and I went on a camping night to the Fossil Beach, which we've talked about in the past. Our community, Portland, a group of people decided we're going to get together and purchase this land to see if we could do it and also how it works and all the other things, right? Right. It was sort of an instant manifestation workshop. Yes. Evolution. Yeah. It's one thing. of the group items. Right. And it's ours. So we spent the night there with a few other of the owners who also camped overnight. We were going to stay more nights, but it started raining. Yeah, we got... So we're very flexible in that way. Mm -hmm. It's close enough. Yes. If it starts raining and we don't want to be in the rain, we just drive home. Yeah, (laughs) so it is. Anyways, uh, before we left, I I counted the baby chicks and we had eight. Every day I count them. We had eight. Mm -hmm. So it's happy. And then um, we left. And when we came back the next day, which was yesterday evening, um, I went to count them and there's only seven babies. It, and they're sealed. They're in a sealed, completely secure coop. Like, it's like Fort wood Knox, walls. You know? It has fencing. There's a top and a bottom fence mm-hmm. and there's dirt. They could go inside, they could go outside, yeah. but the outside is completely enclosed. Enclosed. Nothing really, bigger nothing. than this can Tiny, get in. It's like, Tiny, little, tiny little holes. Half a centimeter holes in the fence. Right. And, uh, was that quarter inch or half an inch, I guess? It's a little. A little bit less than half an inch. It's a bird cage put on its side. A giant yes. bird cage yeah. for like a. A navy. Inch. Mm-hmm. So like little inch. chicks can't get out and they nothing can get in them. Nothing can get, I know a mouse Nothing can get, get in, in nothing, nothing get out. Right. We looked everywhere thinking, oh my gosh, what happened to the baby chick? Is it dead? Um, did it die? And I even said, well, how can it just vanish, you know? Do I mean, b- that's not big as, it's, it's not that big. It's as big as the couch here. The, the coop. Yeah, it's as big as the couch. There's nowhere to go hide. Actually, it's bigger than this, but it's about okay. four times this, but still. We'll call it two couches. It can't just vanish. I mean, I even thought, well, if it died, would the mom feed it to the babies or, it or the other babies or how is it that it would just vanish like that I mean I've never seen that big happen before and we had like sickly baby chicks die before and they're just there dead you know I kind of thought maybe it went to Lemuria yeah you did yeah yeah, yeah maybe it'd been teleported because there completely was zero evidence of any chick nothing. left behind no it, nothing we just had a class on Lemuria yes we did and one of the exercises was a connection mm-hmm. and a discussion about physical portal. Yes. So it could have been they went to Lemuria. I know. I mean, there was no baby chick. No sounds of vanished. it. Nothing. Vanished. It was like a mystery. Now I crawled around in there too. Yeah. And I got in there and I crawled around and there's nothing to hide under, nothing, nothing. to hide in, nowhere to go. It's like everything yeah. you could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, 
this yeah. morning at silly o'clock in the morning. Much earlier than uh, you ever get up. No, we don't get up at that time. It was silly o'clock in the morning. I wake up all bright, bushy-tailed, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm going to go and check that the rest of the babies are okay. Okay. Yeah, four or five o'clock in the morning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go see if the chickens are okay. Yeah, four or five, I think. Let's go feed them right now. Anyways, so I get up in my PJs, I put a coat on, boots on, and I go outside, and I can see them from a distance that the mama and the babies are fine. But no, oh, now it's a great idea. I'm going to feed them. And there's still seven. And it's still, there's still seven babies. Yeah. So there's still one missing. Yeah. So I go over there and I get some grubs, their treat, and I give them in a little corner and I watch them eating them. And I think, okay, I'm going to give them food too. So I grab their feed. It's organic baby chick starter feed. And I'm thinking, but I don't want to put it here where I do it all the time. I want to put it over there on the other side of the cage. And to do that, I have to move the big wooden top that's on the top of the cage part so to protect them from the rain and um, from anything falling on it too. And so or a dog's jumping or, off yeah. or whatever's trying to get in it. Yeah. yeah. So I move it a little bit more and I still can't get in because it's a little catch at the top of the cage. I wanted to put my hand in there for some reason. Anyways, so suddenly... Uh, as I'm moving it a little bit over, <clears throat> so it doesn't fall, my arm just jerks and throws it flying off. <laughs> this big, heavy piece of wood goes flying into the air and away from me. I'm like, well, that was interesting. And then I reach over to to get the... Open the, the latch. The, to get the feet onto the other side of yeah. the cage. And as I'm leaning over that area, I look inside the actual chick feeder. This is a plastic rectangular, not rectangular, round, round tubey, tube thing where you put the food inside and it comes out of the bottom. And there's the baby chick. In it. In it. Alive. Super tired. Right? And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. It must be so dehydrated. It's been there for how many days now? We have no idea. So I reach in. I take the latch off. That was really hard. Grab the baby. And immediately I take it over to the other side where the water is, the enclosure part, and I put her right next to the water um, dispenser. And she doesn't run away or anything. She just goes straight for the water and starts drinking like crazy. She was so thirsty. And then I close the latch there and go back to the the other ones. And they're like happy, playing and eating their feed and everything. I, I give them the feed. Um close the latch and go back to bed and that's all like yeah that's what we needed right right it's like it's like you got you have a connection but it's it's like a connection all it's illogical it's all, it was almost like a compulsion actually you were compelled yeah yeah so there's, that's the type of thing that we're talking about when we connect with our lands and home it's not just about the physical house mm-hmm. or the physical land but you also connect with all the creatures inside and somehow, and we can, you know me, I like to look at all the, how do you disprove it? Yeah, like the, the old fashioned uh, scientific method, the original, where if you had a thesis, you had to disprove it. Right, right. <clears throat> you work on disproving it, not proving it, because it's easy to prove anything if that's what you want to do. But disproving it, it's a little bit harder if you want it to be real. 
So I started thinking, well, my body is very clever. He must have felt or seen or seen somehow that the chick was in there, maybe heard it. And it took her all night to let me know. But that wasn't... How you experienced it. No. It wasn't how I experienced it in the morning. It was like a compulsion. And, and then, then flicking that board off. That board's pretty big. It's, it's like huge. four, three foot wide by two and a half, three foot really? wide. Big piece of plywood, yeah. half inch, three quarter inch. It's yeah. kind of heavy. Got screws it on heavy. it that holds it in place so it don't slide around. Yeah. It's so pretty heavy. Whenever I move it, you need to take both hands and yeah. you think, oh, oh yes, exactly. <laughs> like a compulsion. I, you know, I like, the chickens weren't in any active way saying, hey, there's one no, of us stuck in here. They're nothing. like, they don't care. No. And the it's little one is like, I'm thirsty, but there's I'm no thirsty. water here, but I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. But there's no water here. It's I'm not thirsty. like, and talk to you about no. come get me. No, they no. don't have that either. They don't. But the land or the connection, there's something to the house, yeah. the space, some kind of yeah. something yeah. that brought you that data. Yeah. I felt... A compulsion this morning too but it for me it was go to the res you know and um i wanted to do podcast instead okay for you it was go feed the chickens which for me it's definitely not that <laughs> <laughs> i've actually probably never fed the bit chickens at four or five never. o'clock in the morning they get fed at noon yeah one yeah they don't get I mean, when I get up and make coffee, I give them scraps from the yesterday yeah. off the porch here, and they do like that, but their feeding is uh, mm-hmm. noonish. And normally I kind of put my clothes on before I go out there. I don't go out in my PJs. Never. <laughs> so that's kind of, in a lot of ways, related to what this newsletter is about, which is our connection with Land and Home. So why don't we start reading a little bit of it? Okay. I love that story, and it felt so connected to this. Yeah, it is totally connected, yeah. Okay. okay, here's the, the the newsletter. When I was a young woman, I learned that the longer we live in a place, and particularly when we are own property in that place, the more powerful we become. We become more able to do, more able to manifest, more able to generate the reality that we imaginate. And imaginate is a word that Larry invented. <laughs> Can you tell us what that means? It's a imagine and create. Imaginate. imaginate. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so we could see that word, see it come around again. Mm-hmm. I was interested in the place and the property that you own in that place because I spent a lot of my life not owning property on purpose. Mm-hmm. And also being, uh, I'm not going to say necessarily afraid of power, but I had issues with power. You did, yeah. Power um, and having it and wielding it and uh, negative influence of power. And, you know, I had a lot of programs around it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they came from. Probably the environment of... uh, Don't be powerful. Past life stuff plus maybe TVs, movies, something. I don't know. It Mm. it wasn't like a healthy relationship with power. No, it wasn't. That's true. So keeping myself landless as an owner. Mm. Yeah, that diminished my power. And just moving what we call here at Nia Bay is we call it moving home. When you move back to the res. Mm Mm-hmm. You call it moving home. And when you, when I moved home, I still didn't have a power relationship with power. I didn't want to own land. I couldn't get land. I couldn't buy land, but just home, the act of moving home, I did generate, 
you know, enough power to get to boats mm-hmm. and fishing and a place to live. And, you know, it built, it built a big thing. Mm-hmm. It was a palpable difference between when I was a nomad running around on cruise ships mm-hmm. and then I moved home. And a very big difference from when I was in the Coast Guard, even. In the Coast Guard, I moved around, but I never really, like, this is my home. Mm-hmm. Everywhere was, eh, I'm not going to be here long. Temporary, yeah. yeah. it felt temporary. And that, I can see now, looking back, the difference in the power. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even the house you rented wasn't really claimed by you. No, not You didn't really. make it into your home. Not so much. No, it was just a place to go after you went fishing. Yeah. Well. Right to keep your kids in. Yeah, the kids need a house. And the wife. And the wife needs a house. Yeah. But I never uh, claimed it so much. No, you didn't. So that kept me a little less powerful, which was kind of what I wanted. Yep. Interesting. Mm. So. <clears throat> Continuing. Relationships with others in that place become stronger where we're living, right? Our mm-hmm. connection with them becomes stronger. Whether that connection is positive or negative is usually decided by our inner programming and social norms. My aim is that by looking at this topic, that connection or disconnection can become something you're conscious and aware about, something you can choose. Mm-hmm. Rather than being disconnected like you did through the fear of power or you know, fear of abuse of power or whatever you might be, Actually doing it consciously, actually, you know, I'm not going to connect with this place because... I do not want to influence it. I don't want the power from it or those kind of things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can resemble, I can relate to some of the times, like when I went to Kauai, I connected with that place, like, I loved it so much, right? (laughs) Yeah. And the connection, immediately my ability to do and experience things, it just went magic to the 10 power you know and the connections and the power of those relationships and the power to do stuff oh my god it was like immense but that was like a solid connection yes and other places i've gone you know i went to another i went to i've been to maui or something i didn't connect with there at all or hawaii Mm -hmm. like mm. yeah and i have no hardly memory i have no people there i have no anything just I skimmed by it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, so a big difference in the connection part. Yeah. Later in life, I learned that the Machi, the wisdom keepers and leaders of the Mapuche people in Chile and Argentina, create such a powerful connection with the place they live that it is said they cannot be away for it from it for more than six months or they will die. I can believe it. I learned about this in a news article about a Machi who had been arrested and was in jail. The defense attorney was trying to get him out of jail because his crime did not warrant a death sentence. I'm not sure what happened with that machi or the trial, but it illustrates how strong the link between the machi and the land is. Of course, the machi carries a job and a responsibility that most of us don't. We're gonna, we're not gonna die if we stay away from home for more than six months. Or even if we don't have a home. But on an energetic level, things do happen. I've heard the stories of people being so homesick that they... Yeah. 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 But, yeah. It's not like regular, you know, I say... It's not a regular experience, but it's like... It's quite unusual. Getting separated from your homeland and then they're so Mm -hmm. diminished in everything. So... Or they go to create their home, right? You go to... Mm -hmm. 
It New York, and you have China and New York, and mm-hmm. each, you know, or, yeah, those kind of things. Chinatown. Yeah. Chinatowns is a famous one, of course, but mm-hmm. I think each, each home has a place, usually in a city they go to and they gather. I think in, uh, like some states, like Iowa or Nebraska or somewhere in one of those, they have, uh, some European communities that's really strong. Mm-hmm. Polish or Polka or I don't know what it is, but yeah, I think they connect. Mm-hmm. They they connect in the space by bringing their old connection with them or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's like a few things like in ancient Greece, uh, when somebody did a crime that was so hideous that not even the death sentence would be enough to punish them, they used to be exiled. Yeah. So exile was the punish the ultimate punishment, which means taking you away from your place, your land, your family, your everything. Yeah. Which probably, you know, illustrates how more aware I think to some mm-hmm. degree they were at that time about this connection because I kind of think it's been diminished to some some bit, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I carry the Amatri lineage, but also in my family we carry the the matchy lineages at a genetic level and also gypsy lineages. And one of the things that my mom always did, and actually I do too, is to carry with us soil, rocks and sticks from our land. <laughs> we do that all the time. Yeah, but I actually have, <laughs> since I left Chile yeah. at age, I don't know, nine or something, nine years old. Yeah. I had my mom help me put it together. A little bit of soil, dirt, sticks and dirt and rocks, stones. And she said, okay, this is, you need to keep this. This is your homeland soil. You need to keep it. And I still have it. It's upstairs. Remember, I, I do have that. <laughs> a little um, silver box with the kawaii in it. Yes, you do. <laughs> and every time. I don't know your connection with kawaii is. So it like, must be Lemurians. Mm, maybe, yeah. But I do also I know. know, I don't, you know I don't think it is Lemurians. Yeah, I don't think it's Lemurians. But uh, whenever we go on a trip anywhere, we always, we always bring our collect. rocks. We do. <laughs> and some dirt, for sure, and likely sticks. Yes, yes sticks <laughs> and rocks and our crystals and all sorts. Yes. <laughs> go through the airport security and the x-ray goes, what do you got in your bag? <laughs> yes. like, My rocks and crystals, of course. Yes. Doesn't everybody bring theirs? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny. It is funny, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. As awake and aware individuals, one of our roles on Earth is to remember and recognize how reality works. There are some big questions we need to look at, such as what is the real link between ourselves and the land we own or occupy? And what if we move around a lot, like gypsies, travelers, van lifers, etc.? Also, what happens when we have been living somewhere along? Or a short time, and then we sell it. A lot of questions in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm not here to like answer those questions in this article. But I, it's I'm here to for us to start asking the questions, asking the questions, and exploring these, exploring together. this together, exploring, researching, feeling into yourself. Becoming aware that that is actually a dynamic in our lives Mm -hmm. and see how that dynamic is affecting you, right? So, and even thinking back, um, I can, I know there's 
like parcels and land around the world that I have left a little bit of attention points of myself there. Oh. And I can often go back to them and see them. But I do that consciously and in full awareness. And what I have found is that people often do it in a very unconscious way and that depletes their energy. Well, that would be... Uh, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do a class on buying and selling property. And in that class, I'm going to be telling a, a couple of stories about... Um, selling homes and people who haven't been able to sell their home and what I saw and what I advised. So, and then they sold it. <laughs> right. So that's going to, you know, that house it has to do has with that. sentiency and a connection yes. that it wants. That connection that we have with that land, that connection that the land has with us and acknowledging it and working with it rather than it's just ruling our lives. Right. Just yeah. being at the mercy of yeah. a thing that you haven't even asked. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you want to be sold and mm-hmm. to whom and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Most bodies don't like change, even positive change. But some bodies do carry long and powerful lineages that move about a lot. However, the cultural and societal makeup of the lineages that move a lot is no longer supported by our modern societies. Yeah. The territory they owned in their way is now owned by many, many others in a modern title-sanctioned way. Right. Fractionated ownership, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So the territory of a mobile society group, like when I say I move home to Nia Bay, all of Nia Bay is home. Even though some Zubs it are now fractionated, owned by other mm-hmm. people, they're still home and it's like... A morphing of some of it into something else. So it's like mm. a little bit different. But the territory like we're in now, we're in our home range, but mm. we're totally divorced from claim being able to claim it as home mm-hmm. because it is private property owned by an entirely different person sometimes, right? Right. So the the village traditionally, historically, I guess, Moved from location to location depending on seasons, right? Season because in the winter time, mm-hmm. it's very stormy on the outside of the ocean. You get stuck on the beach for a month. You can't go anywhere. You're trapped, mm-hmm. trapped in your location. You can't go out get food. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. But if you come around the corner, you can. The storms don't hold you to the beach. Mm-hmm. Plus, the other village locations from the summer come together too, and they like. Have parties and enjoy each other's company and do projects together and, you know, yeah, find brides, find and, brides and grooms. <laughs> All that kind of thing that can't really happen in the summer village where you're in your little smaller group, sort of like. Right. Yeah. You know. So that whole lifestyle it's very is uh, now. eliminated at this point. Yeah, yeah. Now it's all just the village life all together mm-hmm. in one place. Mm-hmm. You can't even get to the ocean the village. village. No. Not by a uh, hook or by crook. You have to. You have to get there the old way. Can mm-hmm. I? <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. But, you know, we're not very good at canoes. We're not. <laughs> not compared to how we used to be. <laughs> anyway. It used to be that migratory or nomadic people had large territories where they would move during the different seasons and to keep the land fertile and animals well stocked. It wasn't, you see, that they had nowhere to live, so they had to move about a lot. 
but that their territory was so vast that they had many locations to settle down from season to season, year to year. As that territory became fractured and settlers moved on to them, creating towns and cities, the nomadic people were pushed to the fringes of their previous territory and even cut off from access entirely. In the USA, for example, the indigenous population were clustered into reservations. These reservations are held as land in trust for the population by the federal government, a private corporation. The land in the reservation was then split into parcels and each family was given a parcel. At least that was the idea. As each person moved into their parcel, which was still held in trust by the federal government, their connection to the larger tribal territory was partially severed, but not entirely. It became very fractured. It's very, very different in some ways even. The idea to give the family members parcels was a part of a way to give them a reservation and then take it away because... (laughs) Some of them wanted alcohol and sold it. Some yes. of them wanted money and get the heck out of there and sold it. And yeah. so all of that reservation land held in trust turned out to be sold for pennies. Yes, indeed. So that, they had all kinds of different maneuverings to adjust that so mm-hmm. that it, I did whatever, whatever the agenda happened to be at the time and the place. But mm-hmm. it's a strange thing. Mixed, mixed motives, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, Anyway, at this point, where we are now is where we are. Yeah. So uh, moving forward, how do we, you know, hold what the purpose is, calling it home, and this is your home, and this is where your power is, and owning mm-hmm. it, and claiming it, and all those things. That's kind of stuff we got to go over in the class, I think. Yeah, because that also relates to if you're renting, which is kind of... What you're doing in the rest. <laughs> we're all, we're all really a member of a tribe. Yes. Right. Many different tribes sometimes. So sometimes you're renting, sometimes you're staying temporarily, sometimes you own the place, sometimes you kind of own it, own the right to be there, all sorts of different ways in which this can go. And what we're going to cover is, you know, like again, I want to talk about this more and become aware and conscious of it, but an article is not really the place because it's a lot of information but i wanted to become conscious something that we do consciously and we become aware of the energies and what's going on right right so at the end of the day you don't say gosh i'm so depleted by yeah (laughs) unless you want to be depleted by exactly having your properties or whatever where our connections are still intact but we no longer have access of ownership of that location it becomes a drain of our power chi ability to do and when we divorce ourselves and disconnect ourselves from where we live our become our power also becomes depleted right we you know we you gotta remember we voluntarily do these things yeah we do but sometimes we voluntarily do these things through a subtle manipulation let's say <laughs> yes it's like unconscious programs an or unconscious program yeah. that's yeah you know Sure, it's there by agreement, but it's mm-hmm. not like in support of your prime purpose, let's say. Right, right. So we got to be aware of these things, become conscious of these things. If you're not, become aware of what depletions are and where these things are, it, um, can be resolved. Yeah. Because right here, right now, in the time that we're in, you need your power, man. We do. We need our power. You need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... You know, the point here is become aware. Right, that's it. That still being connected to places you don't have access to or are no longer yours deplete you. 
and not connecting with the place you live at. And I don't care if you're renting it for a day or you're living renting it for 20 years or you own it. If you don't connect in a healthy way, that's also going to deplete you. Yep. Okay, so start thinking about that. Start researching this. Tons of information around that too. Okay. I think. <laughs> I'm, there, there will be, be certainly. Oh, there will the be class. through the class too. Yeah, although that's more focused on buying and selling land. Right. That's but a, it also will indicate and will show you how this works at okay. a technical level. My family has gypsy lineage. From that lineage came the knowledge that no matter how long you live in a location, say a night at a hotel or several decades in a house, there are various hacks you can carry out in order to stay filled with the ability to do. Stay powerful, healthy, settled and happy. That sounds all good. Yeah. Hacks. Which is it really interesting, isn't it? Because one one part of my lineage is from a lineage that say you have to stay in one location. If you stay away from it, if you leave that location, you're going to die in six months. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the other one is you move around through the territory a lot, right? Or even the countries and worlds, because that translates in a modern way that I would move house every two years. So I would pick up and leave, whether I was renting, own the place, or it didn't matter. I would move, whether within the same city, sometimes in different cities, sometimes in different countries. But if throughout my life, I was never able like to stay longer than two years in a place and the energy that i could feel was i would used to call it sticky i would call it the energy sticky with the people with the location and everything Hmm. and i you know i carried on like that until i got together with you Hmm. and you didn't want to own anything so Mm -hmm. we kind of were butterflies in the air for a while and then Came crashing down because the human collective said, "That's enough. This is about you too. <laughs> you gotta do this." Okay, but well. it was all. I wasn't. To me, it wasn't unconscious. I knew what was happening, so I wouldn't make that house. I wouldn't make that connection, even if I was in a place for a day. When we carry those hacks out, both when we arrive there as well as when we leave, which is a time when we pull our power and connections back, we stay integral. One of these important hacks, for example, is to cleanse the property. This doesn't just mean dusting and brushing it, although the way in which we do this can have radical effects in our lives or simply have a dust-free home, one or the other, right? Uh, I have a video on how to do an energy cleanse you can watch. It is very basic, but you have will have strong effects in your environment and we'll probably put the link in the show notes. Yeah, that, that's a good one for when you go to your uh, hotel for the night or something like that. But also good if you're going to move into a house. I mean, if that's the only thing you do, that's it's awesome. Awesome. Really, really good. It's shockingly effective. Yes. Yes, it is. And yeah. it's amazing how it works because you could, you could do it and hear it work. Yes. And you, you go like, holy work. moly, that's yeah. real. Yes. Right. Yeah. Land is also often bought without realizing that it has unsevered connections from previous owners and creatures or a history that needs revealing. Oh, man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And just as often the person or family will work on the land without creating the powerful links that will support their power and capacity to manifest, but see it as the end result of a manifestation journey instead. While acquiring land can be the result of a manifestation journey, since since it is land, this is only the beginning of the relationship. Not the entirety. Right. 
that paragraph needs a bit of unpacking, I guess. I think it's, uh, it's clear a lot of us, myself included, thinks that the uh, buying of the land was the, that's the end of doing. Mm-hmm. You signed your name, you paid the money, and you got the thing, you did mm-hmm. it. The did it is only just the start. Yes, exactly. Well, so this is, yeah. This is what you need to know so mm-hmm. the land isn't depleting you. Right. <laughs> the property, the thing, whatever it is, isn't depleting you. It's in empowering, powering you. Mm-hmm. It's lending you its power to create together it's the things that amplifying. That's it. Yeah. That's the right word. We live in a co-created, orchestrated, and continuously evolving reality. We came here, souls, to connect with the physical universe, our connection with the land, homes, and earth itself, as well as with all the people in our lives, animals, plants, and trees, the oceans, the land masses, the sky, the sun, the stars. All those connections can be strong or can be weak. It is up to us to decide the nature of that connection. What I want you to see is that it is much more powerful to to make or unmake those connections in a conscious, aware state through choice and clear vision of the experience that we want to have instead of struggling through life as though we were swimming through molasses at a whim of the forces that might impact us. Right. That's that's a good sentence there, honey. Mm. So let's begin by knowing how deep and powerful a connection we have with the physical universe and why that's important. We came here to connect. Let's make the connection strong, powerful, healthy, filled with light and by conscious choice. And let's disconnect in a conscious and healthy way from those energies that are now no longer compatible. Our connection to land and homes is explored further in our podcast. This one. Second (laughs) hour too. Of the driving to the rest, first half and then second (laughs) hour. And Larry and I will have a class that explores the subject from, from the perspective of buying and selling property. Right. And from the time of this podcast, it's probably going to be a week Very or soon. so. Yeah. yeah. A week, maybe two. Yeah. So, uh, if you're curious, which you are. Of course. Of course. Because it's super exciting and interesting stuff. <laughs> we can share some of our stories as well. Yep. Go find it. Go find the class. It's a uh, subscribe stars easy way. And Eddie Ben's the easy Go and way. claim your seat on claim this your class. Seat, be a part of creating it. Yes. That's the part. I mean, you can have it after. Yeah. And you're going to get a lot. Yes. You can create lot. it with us. Yes. And you'll also get a lot. Yes. Some of us are like ah, part of that creating. So, you know, let's do it. Let's, let's do it together. Do together. Make this class yeah. happen. All right. Good like enough. Yeah. Okay, cool. See ya. See ya. Love you. Love you.